kick it. And again, Kazaya on fire. It's uh, brilliant for our club. You know, Christian's going to be a demon for life, and um, I think when you get you know a guy like Christian who got was a high draft pick, he come to your footy club in a phase where you're, you're rebuilding, and for him to make that type of commitment, and for the club to make that commitment to him, I think it's, it's fantastic. Hello and welcome to Attention to Detail, the podcast for D's fans by D's fans as we hold on for dear life aboard the rollercoaster ride that is barracking for the Melbourne Football Club. My name is Tim and thank you so much for joining us. And Simo, what a rollercoaster ride it's been this week so far. We've had lots of, uh, plenty of ups and downs, but yeah, it's it's been an interesting ride. We're finished on top of the ladder, but there's a few disappointing things that happened uh, during the round as well too. Yeah, certainly. I think... Um... Well, watching the game the weekend at the pub, I, I wasn't sort of sure what what would uh, what would pan out. Like, do we do we go out straight away and go all guns blazing and give him a hiding, or does it you know be a bit of a contest? And it was a it was a contest, but it was obviously North Melbourne's way in the first half, and then you know it took a second half of you know our footy to you know obviously swing things. But um, you know, I think. Um, some really good, really good things to take. Like you're saying, you know, it was an up and down week. You know, you look at things like you think Bailey Fritch getting reported, then getting off, which was awesome. Yeah. Um, the big news today of the track signing on. Um, yeah, amazing. And your boy Jacko getting the Rising Star nomination. Yeah, yeah. Which I know I said to you the other day um, is about time, but actually realised it's his second. But just on track, uh, as you're talking about it, huge. I don't think uh, I don't think we saw an announcement coming at this point in time at all. You know, there was a bit of traction. Uh, well, no pun intended there, or was there? That's <laughs> Actually, that's yeah. There, there goes the episode name there. <laughs> um, when he was on the Sunday Footy Show or no three sixty, you know, mm-hmm. talking about his future and that he said he'd love to be a one club player, and that's when that kind of the media speculation started to come up. And yeah, I'd sort of kind of put it out of my mind honestly and when i sort of to see the the reports start to surface last night i think tom brown was the first person on seven channel seven uh to start leaking it i was sort of like shit like seven years like that's incredible and i was actually just watching the little interview before you know they, they do the little press release after they've done it and the little video the hype video that they put on the club and it's so impressive to hear the way that he speaks about it's got nothing to do with individual success. He's so sort of happy of where he is at the club and the boys that are around him and he's there, you know, potentially as a leader. And, and I think, I don't, know, I don't know about you, but I think he could definitely be a future captain. Uh, you know, he's only a couple of years younger than Max, but in terms of somebody being able to take that on board, I think he's certainly somebody that could be of that ilk and, and somebody that propels forward. But it was really pleasing to sort of hear him talk about the success and why he wants to stay. And I think the AFL article talked about, you know, strongly linked Collingwood rumours and stuff that he was going to, that they were going to try and approach him. There's no way in hell, <laughs> no way that he was going to go to the pies, well, especially not in the state that they're in at the moment. But um, you know what's, what's really interesting, I'll, um, one of my work colleagues, um, he's so Petrarca's brother, they might have been Josh or one, one of the Petrarca boys was doing work at his house. And um, looking back at last year, um, he was saying, you know, Petrarca's not happy. You know, things aren't going very well because obviously yeah, right. back at 2019 and going into 2020, um, 
you know, things, yeah, things were a little bit pear-shaped and the Ds didn't know really where they were going. Obviously, you look at, you know, Simon Goodwin's future, like there was a little bit of uncertainty around the Ds. Like 2018 was amazing, 2019 plummeted, 2020 was, you know, okay, I guess. It was probably still a fail just because we didn't make the finals, but it was just, just an unpredicted year. But, you know, to, to have him to have him sign on, um, you know, shows a true buy-in from our players. And, you know, you can see that further down the track that – there we go. There we go again. <laughs> um, yeah, you can see that, um, yeah, there's there's some long-term success that's coming our way. And um, another one of my big talking points to go alongside that is, well, I mean, you hear about, you know, the Brody Grundy, the Trelaws, the, like, you know, we've got all these new signings. Like, I'm just hoping to God that – you know, we do it right and we make sure we get the right balance and players are buying in, players are taking, you know, the right steps. Um, I know it's, you know, salary is completely out of supporters' hands and, like, <laughs> we don't know exactly all the ins and outs there. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm just hoping that, you know, we can stay and keep a core together and, um, yeah, have some success for the future. Well, they've managed to do so and I think it's, again, as you said, those promising signs of our, our core and you think of our current... Uh, core group at the moment and the long-term signings that we've had this year. So you, you think about Viney, Gorn, Salem, Oliver, and now Petrarca have all signed long-term deals. Uh, I think just, yeah, really repaying the faith that the, the club has shown them, but also in a period of uncertainty that we would have been in 12 months ago, 18 months ago, who knows what could have happened with that. So that's really pleasing to see. And I think that clubs would be well aware of you know, how to manage their salary cap, you would hope, um, and to avoid anything like what the Magpies had to go through uh, last off-season. So, yeah, so we had Petrarca there. We also had, uh, yeah, you mentioned Fritter, um, which is great that he got off. I think it looked a lot worse than it did, of course, when these incidents do, when they get slowed down. Uh, And, yeah, good to see that the tribunal was able to rectify that decision because we definitely would have missed him this week against a much more dangerous Sydney Swans side. And we also got our first look at Benny Brown um, in the team as well too, which, uh, yeah, I'm sure we might chat about a little bit later. But, yeah, interesting results. But, uh, yeah, we can it, we have to remember it's only, it's only one game and, and hopefully that's something to build upon. So... Yeah, no, plenty to like and, yeah, sitting on top of the ladder, which is something we haven't done for a long time. And, yeah, I'll tell you what, the, the view's looking pretty good from here. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, uh, to go with your uh, your segment name, or you reckon it could be the title, but um, for all you super coaches, super coaches out there, if you've got Christian Petrarca on your side, you see what um, Christian Salem was able to do after a big signing. Um, yeah, lock him in as your, uh, as your captain this week, and I think you'll be laughing. <laughs> sounds good. Sounds good. I know pretty much bugger all about Supercoach, but I'm sure, uh, yeah, everyone listening out there definitely take your word for it or actually know what you're talking about as opposed to me. <laughs> right, Simo. Well, like with every week, a little bit to like, a little bit to dislike, but we're going to start off with the things that we thought that were positive for the week in our first segment, Credit to the Boys. Back into the game, so um, it's real credit to the boys. And- um, I think it was on uh, all of us to step up and... and- really lead from the front and I thought we did that all day so we want to play our way just go after the boys well it was an interesting sort of game Simo is certainly probably not the way that we thought that we would come out and face the bottom sided team and I think the demon supporter in all of us the demon supporter from 
2019, the Demon Supporter from anywhere prior to 2018, I think felt that this was very much a danger game and the first half uh, very much started like that. But I think the very first thing that stood out for me, we were able to win that game off some of our more role players that haven't so much been a dominant force in our side. So I think it's our youth brigade in uh, Luke Jackson, Cozzy Pickett and Bailey Fritch uh, really won the game off their boot, I think, without their performances. I mean, you've got Bailey's goal kicking. Luke Jackson's around work around the ground was just phenomenal. And I think, as you pointed out, what was it, halfway through the third, he was the leading disposal getter for yep. for for the Ds. Uh, and Cozzy just, again, continues to evolve with not only being able to hit the scoreboard, but just having that dynamic presence around our forward line. And I just think... It's great to see that when some of our big guns have a bit of an off day, we've got this younger crop coming up. And I think Bailey's only 24, so like I think he still fits into that. He's not 19 like the other two are. But yeah. it was great to see some other players be able to stand up and have a real impact on us winning the game. Because I think, as you said, I mean, you take away Fritch's six goals, um, we don't win that game. Um, you take away Jackson's work around the ground, around the ground, or Cozzy's foot skills or pressure. And his three, uh, there's there's nine goals right there. Plus, Jacko kick one. Yeah, Jacko snag one in the goal. So there you go, ten That's goals. But, Joe the goose. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's yeah he's got a bit of a knack of being able to run into him uh, and manage to stay at the back of the pack. No, no, has that footy now, and knows where to be when it needs to. But yeah, I mean, as you said, Luke Jackson round uh, round seven nomination for Rising Star, and again. Commentators were giving him plenty of praise, but just his contested mark, his work around the ground is just outstanding. And you really think that he has an impact in all different facets of the game. Like he's a dominant ruckman, you know, being able to pluck the ball out of the air and run. His agility around the ground as a midfielder is outstanding and his contested marks are just going to get better and better. I mean, you see that, I think we said it a couple of weeks ago, he's getting his hand to a few, especially in the forward line. But this one, I think we more noticed it a bit more around the ground and... No, I think extremely exciting and we're all very aware now that our future is in our good hands, I think. So, uh, yeah, big wrap to those boys. What about you, mate? What was the first thing you noticed? What what Um, were you happy with? um, Well, obviously I could go the same with you, but um, not not so much the first half, but looking at the second half, um, so a tale of two halves, I just believe the game was. So looking at the likes there, you know, our third quarter, six to one, and even the fourth quarter, four to one. So you look at the second half, um, that's that's ten to two goals. Um, so a big shift in momentum. Um, so yeah, the, the the adjustment we've made. It feels like Goody's got a backup plan, which is which is really amazing, and he's quick to sort of react. I think, or he reacts at the right times as well. Because well, obviously, you know, I don't know what he said to the boys at quarter time. Um, obviously, things weren't rectified, but half time, he must have got us in, and obviously. You know things things change for the right way, and you know you look at T Mac. T Mac went back, um, and then I suppose that was his plan B. Um, you know, and to me, um, having the knowledge of that because I feel like that hasn't been there in the past. Um, I feel like Goody, when he's under pressure, he's found it hard to adjust, and our team's found it hard. Um, our word, our favorite word, maturity, I suppose, comes through there. Um, so therefore, I've got I've got full faith and belief in what we're doing and I think the team does as well. No, spot on there, Simo. I think you're certainly right with 
being able to identify that Simo's got those other, you know, those other feathers in his cap and being able to change depending on what situation's unfolding on the field. Certainly something that we weren't accustomed to and I think we were quick to criticise him when we seemed to only have one type of game style and we weren't able to adjust depending on, yeah, what the opposition was, was bringing to the team. So it was great to see that, yeah, unfortunately, we had to adjust for the wrong reasons, uh, for injuries and for the way, the style that we were playing, but good to see that that shift was able to happen and, and the momentum did swing in that second half, as, as you pointed out. So, uh, yeah, great to see. Not not good to see the, I suppose, not playing for a half or that really kind of downfall, but uh, good to see a response like what we've seen every week. But we did seem to fall away probably a little bit too much for what we would have been expecting, I think, for the bottom side. But uh, And in saying that, like the other thing that I had down was just it's been a theme throughout our season. Well, last year it started to sort of creep in and with the hiring of Darren Burgess, but you could just see our fitness. We we had the tank to be able to run out the game so much, you know, so much more effectively than what North did. And I think that really, that last quarter, like you, you talk about that third quarter about us coming out and, and kicking, that, kicking those six goals, but then the fourth quarter is really kind of where, yes, again, they kicked... They kicked back, and what did they get? Back within four, was it? Four points, six yeah, points? Yeah, I, uh, I think they kicked the first of the fourth. Yeah, yeah. sort of similar to that. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the Hawthorne game in that sense. But yeah. And then we kind of blew away a little bit. Yeah, yes, on the scoreboard, we kicked the next four goals, uh, and, and that was that. But it was also good to see that our legs, we, we didn't look tired in that sense, whereas North Melbourne looked absolutely gassed. So good to see that our fitness uh, with our available players not to mention the ones that that weren't able to take the field that day unfortunately but the ones that were there that fitness is really paying off and i think that's going to be something that will really you know pay off uh as we continue to make our way through the season so uh yeah that's that's definitely something else that stood out what about you anything Um, else to touch on before we finish up just one little quick one i think it deserves mentioning i think cozzy's um goal of the week nomination um you know, true testimony to his, um, you know, not giving up on a contest. I think he got a handball to start the transition or he might have hit a kick um, on the wing and then got a handball received potentially from Jacko. I think this is the third quarter. I think quarter. it was, yeah. Um, yeah. Then he hit up and then another kick went inside. I think there was a contest with Ben Brown potentially. We had some crummers and then gave it to Cozzy and he sidestepped someone and a nice little finish. Um, yeah, it was good to see. Um, I think it was a bit of a fire starter. Um just a, well, a bit of a steadier, I'd, I'd say. You know, just those little things, you just, you just, you just smile because, you know, we've got our – I don't know if you can put him – you can compare him in the wizard. I, don't, I didn't really get to watch much of him when growing up, but, you know, I'm sure there'd be a lot of fans to say, you know, oh, he's got some Jeffy Farmer about him. But, yeah, no, it's good to see. He's – yeah, he's definitely, yeah, Jeff Farmer, Aaron Davey, that, just that pure instinct – uh, of footy and just, as you said, I think uncharacteristically got caught for holding the ball when he tried to <laughs> goose step his uh-huh. round, <laughs> goose step his way around a defender. But everything else that he does around the ground is electric, and you know that. I think opposition players are wary of that. Supporters get excited, the commentators get excited, uh-huh. but it's not like he's blasting away for goal. Like he had that really, uh, that really clever kick where he ended up hitting up Langdon. Uh, you know, where he was running along the boundary line, he easily could have had a had a crack at goal for sure. But he sort of picked out that he either had 
he had Langdon on the other side of the wing and identified that Jones was coming out there. So it was, it was going to either be a mark or a two-on-one with Jones and Langdon versus defender. And, and yeah, he was very much lauded for that by the commentators. And he is. He's a very smart footballer. And I think that's the difference between him and just another live wire, live wire sort of small forward. Mm. He's got the smarts for it and he's not, He's not always just looking to hit the scoreboard. He he does all the little things, you know, great field kick. And, and we've, we're seeing, seeing that already. And this kid's 19 years old. So, yeah, there's no reason not to get excited. That's for sure. That's correct. And I'll tell you what, he'd be costing the trainers and the club a fair bit of money with all that tape he's rocking at the moment. I don't know if you've seen it he's, on his wrist. Um, no, I didn't even notice it. Um, knees. Like, I think he was covering <laughs> corky as well. He was, yeah, right. He was, it was a bit like a mummy. Yeah. Um, he had a lot of tape on him. Oh, uh, well, you know what? If he plays like that every week, he can have all the tape he wants. I'm, I'm happy to buy him some. That's fine. <laughs> well, we've gone through the things that we did like, and even though that was a pretty scrappy game, there's certainly a few things that we weren't too pleased with, Simo, and we're going to talk about that in our next segment. Pretty pissed off. Pretty, I'm, I'm, pretty, pissed, I'm pretty pissed off still. Um, it's not good enough. That's very unlike the way we've been playing and something that we'll obviously review and get better at. Uh, yeah, it's not, it's not good enough today. Um, this team, this club's got to start winning games. Well, I feel like that we have to start off with, yeah, the devastating uh, injury to Adam Tomlinson, which is just, it was heartbreaking. I think, I don't know, kind of knew as soon as it happened that it wasn't good and you sort of knew as soon as he flagged for the trainers. But the worst part was him watching him come back out on the bench and just seeing him in tears. And yeah, it's, it makes you, it, you know, makes you really feel for him and, and what such an unfortunate incident to happen to, couldn't have happened to, you know, a bloke who has worked his ass off, uh, who's finally found, I say finally, but really worked hard to, to get his cement, his role in the side and have a huge impact and be such a key pillar in our defense. Uh, is just yeah, it's it's devastating in, in the form that we're in, and you know to potentially think what he could be a part of was just incredibly disappointing, and it put a bit of a dampener on on that opening quarter, regardless of how we played after that. Which you know, there's plenty to talk about there, but yeah, I don't know. How did you feel when you saw it? Did you, did you get the feeling straight away? It wasn't good. Yeah, look, to be honest, I was I was unsure how it happened at first, and then they finally showed the replay. I'm like, oh no, yeah, it's gone that way. Like, you you do that one time in you know fifty chances. Like the the like yeah. like he as soon as I'd realised it happened, my mood. I was I was at the pub with a couple of good mates, and yeah, I looked at my other mate who's a North Melbourne supporter. Poor bugger. Um, and my, my mood just shifted and changed. Like anything that was going on, I'd just get frustrated. Like I was yeah. pretty cruising it like for beforehand, but then when I realized, like, you know, I was definitely, definitely a little bit, um, upset and anything that wasn't going away, I was getting a little bit agitated and everything. And yeah, I, I, I really feel for the bloke. He's, um, he's one that's grown on me. I feel like. Well, because we recruited him as a winger, and that's right. I was like, "Well, this is interesting." But like, he, he's an aerobic beast. Like, I mean, he, you know, he he'd do really well on the timetables. Uh, timetables. <laughs> we were just talking about maths class just yeah, a second ago, yeah, but yeah, no, that, not, not yeah. that now. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, that 
the fact that, that, that he, yeah, like you say, he's um he's worked hard to, you know, to not really earn out. Oh, he has earned the trust of the players, and yeah, he has cemented his spot in that position. But now, to go out like this, it um, yeah, it it, it stings. It, it really definitely, does. yeah, it definitely does. And as you said, I you know definitely put my hand up and would have given him a bit of flack last year on the wing because it you know just didn't seem that role wasn't suiting him or suiting our structure and our system i guess and i think we talked about last week about how he's really bought into the system defense and how it's changed the way that he played and it allows may and lever to do their thing and why it works so well so when you see such a key part of that um you know go down and not to mention that viney was already rubbed out before the game uh, and he's out for a couple of weeks with that toe, which, you know, I didn't actually check whether it's the same foot as what he had uh, a couple of years back, but it's still like, oh, you know, we definitely miss that kind of grunt that Viney brings in. You know, if, if anyone's looking a little bit like Luster out there, you know Viney's going to come in and slam yeah, yeah. some slam some heads into into the turf. You, you, you know, he's always good for that. So uh, that was already... That was already a big blow before the game had come in. So, but we're all with you, Tomo, and we wish you all the best with your recovery. And yeah, we have to see you back soon. But I think this is where our depth comes into play. And we'd be thankful that we've got players in the wings that can hopefully come in and fit this system defense and that they're not sort of reliant so much of one on one. It's definitely, definitely a six, six man defense. So, uh, yeah, let's hope that that can kind of fold through. Yeah, 100%, 100%. So the only other thing that I really want to talk about was just that first half. Lots to not like about it. North obviously got the jump uh, at the start of the game and really took control of the ball. Their uncontested possessions nearly doubled ours, I think, in the first quarter. It was about 80-odd to 40. Uh, we couldn't get near it. And I just thought our energy looked completely off. Just saw blokes just kind of jogging up and down the field and, and it didn't just seem like we either turned up or wanted to be there and it was a little bit alarming and i think as i said before you, you easily get flashbacks to being as a demon supporter a long-suffering demon supporter as we all are uh you know you get flashbacks of of not being able to rock up to the games that we're expected to win and you know what they didn't play like a bottom side and we we spoke last week about being able to stick with geelong and being competitive and i don't think that they're you know, a side that you beat by 100 points, even though was it the Dogs did it. Yeah. The Dogs did it a few weeks back. But still, you can't rock up. You have to, as Goody said, you respect your opposition. You rock up each week playing with the same intensity. And I just don't think that we came out with that. So, mind you, we hadn't won in Hobart before. So, there's another hoodoo game uh, ticked off. But even still, wasn't overly pleasing. And we definitely can't get away with that against better sides. Correct. Correct. So, what about you, mate? What, a, what was something that you noticed that was, that was yeah, pretty ordinary? Uh, just, I think like maybe in the in the first half, I like well, like what you're saying, but like those players that have come in, um, to our side that they're essentially, you know, you're coming into a side, you know, you're you're hoping they come in and play a role, um, and you look at players like Baker. Like he's he's one that I was really excited for this year, because um, he's back in the last year played a couple of really nice games, um, yeah. and I I really really was hoping for his sake that he'd pull in a really nice effort. 
Um, like I think he's, he might have had 15, but he might have had you know some junk junk stats towards the end. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he he just didn't look like he was really at the level. His ball use was pretty poor, and it was early on as well. He had a pretty couple of pretty awful decisions, um, especially in that first quarter as well. Too, I think just differently to how the rest of our team goes. So yeah, definitely missed that. Correct, and um, well, one of our one of our big um, big wrap ups last week, um, which um, yeah, we posted about um, Neil Bullen. I don't know what <laughs> what got into him this week. Yeah, wasn't his best had, week. Must had a bad breakfast or something. But geez, his awareness was just not evident. Three or four holding the balls, like he's like you. We'd expect so much more from from Alex, and I think he rectified that this this week. Well, I hope so. Um. Yeah, was he was. Yeah, it was just a bit disappointing, as you said. Yeah, a few, a few bad decisions where didn't give it off maybe early enough, and it got pinged a couple of times. And uh, yeah, what was he running in to? I wouldn't say open goal, but yeah, he blasted one <laughs> across the face when he was running in and over out of bounds. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe we have to calm the farm on when we give him a big wrap up. Yeah, <laughs> the week before, we but we put the mozzer on him. Yeah, but we I suppose you got a few players that are coming in. Uh, that are in there for the first game and trying to find their way. I mean, not not Nibbler, of course, but yeah, your Bakers and even Benny Brown. I think you know the forward line still got some work to do, and I think we'll sort of see that. Hopefully, continue to gain some momentum and and some cohesion as we continue to sort of get through the rounds. So, no, nah, for sure, I definitely think that. Uh, well, if we're going to have these small little injuries pop up, we need to know that these players and. We can't forget that these players haven't played yet this season, so it's only half or it's only the game. And I think from memory, Baker sort of worked his way into it, as you sort of mentioned before, a little bit more uh, as as other players have done as well too, sort of shake off the rust a little bit and get used to the pressure of the game. But it's definitely something that they're going to need to adjust to quickly because sides aren't going to give us that leeway of, of, of uh, falling over in the second half for us to run over the top. So, no, nah, for it, sure. I got a cheeky stat for you about Neil Bullen. I was just having a look there. Yeah. <laughs> 10 disposals, ten disposals, fifty percent, eight turnovers. Ten disposals, fifty percent efficiency, eight turnovers. Yeah, that's rough. Three of those, three of those were um were holding the balls. So yeah, yeah, it's a rough day at the office, but as you said, he'll bounce back. Uh, he's done plenty of good things uh, that hold him instead, so that's all right. The only other thing I could think of, and I don't know if you've noticed it at all, but they obviously had that fiasco is it with the Geelong Sydney game the night before about the the umpires paying um, not fifteen on that potential Jeremy Cameron mark, etc. Yes, <laughs> we know exactly what we're talking about now. Yes, there was so many fifteen meter kicks that were called play on. It was re- what the hell was going on there? Oh, I don't know, like. It's got to be rule of the week. They've obviously been given a pep up from the umpire boss or whatnot just to say, yeah, don't let any, you know, any 10-meter kicks go, like call and play on because there was so many kicks, especially I reckon spots in the second and third quarter where the umpire was almost calling it before it left the player's boot. I just couldn't believe it. And between that and then calling and play on running off the mark as well too was ridiculous. Half the players had no idea that they'd done anything wrong. And it didn't look like they were cribbing the mark or even moving off the line at all. But I'm watching there. I was sitting there. I was around it. Um, Mum and Dad's watching it. And I was just yelling at the team. I was like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, you could just tell they had that 
that rule of the week uh, manifesto given to him before the game saying, right, this is what we're doing today. We're watching this, this, and this. And here you go. And it was just, yeah, I couldn't believe it. Like it just, some of those kicks were just well beyond 15 and were being called within, uh, yeah, within a second of the ball hitting the player's foot. So anyway, I'm sure they'll tidy that up and it'll be different again next week. What can you expect from a Melbourne-North Melbourne game in Hobart where it's bloody freezing? You know, you're going to get a run. I think it was 20 degrees, mate. I don't reckon it was. I I think I I checked the weather just to see if it would rain because I thought if we're going in too tall, we're stuffed like with, uh, you know, with T-Mac and Benny Brown. You would have thought that they might have pulled one of the tools, but... um, I think it was. It looked pretty nice over there, but yes, in any other sense, you'd say traditionally Hobart would be yeah freezing and I don't know eight degrees and rain and probably hail or snow. So Simo, we've got to find our most underrated performance of the week. There's plenty of high flyers always, and we've already spoken about them, but somebody that flew under the radar for you this week, who have you got there? Um, back to back. Back to back for my for my, uh, <laughs> my man, Jimmy. I think this, oh, sorry, man. I didn't cut Hold you off there. He's, he's, he's mine. No, I'm stealing him. Um, I'm on him. I'm on Jimmy Jordan. One, one goal, 20 touches, seven tackles. You know, when the chips were down... For me, he was the one really having a crack, having a crack, dipping in. I know we got out-possessed, so obviously we didn't have the footy as much, so, you know, we could tackle. But he was one that was sticking his tackles and still giving 100% effort. So, um, Jimmy Jordan for me, um, you know, keep the late goal last quarter. Huge, um, huge goal. Huge goal to, to send the send flow. And, yeah, I just really, I really like what he's doing. And, obviously, the players love him and, the coaches love him considering he's played seven straight weeks. That's exactly right. And yeah, I think podcast first and claiming back-to-back underrated performance awards. So good on you, Jimmy. Well, Simo, as we said every week, we wouldn't be here without the fans. And it's now our favorite segment where we get to interact and hear what our fans have to say in Fugazi. People only commenting on what they see, um, but internally... It's Fagazi. Can you do with your best uh, Matthew McConaughey impression from the Wall Street? <laughs> no, I can't, but it's, uh, it's goes something like Fagazi, it's Woozy, it's Wazi. <laughs> well, this week we just asked the fans about what the biggest talking points or the biggest comeaways were from our win against North Melbourne in which indeed was extremely scrappy, but getting the job done. So I'll get you to start us off there, mate. Who have you got there first? All right. So this one comes in from Luke Harris. Um, so the biggest positive is that we are finding the uh, finding the win, even when uh, we are nowhere. That second quarter was really the only embarrassing quarter and is arguably the worst quarter we have played for a couple of years. Um, <laughs> you're prob- uh, look, to be honest, you're probably not wrong getting – Outplayed by the bottom bottom of the ladder pretty convincingly is pretty hard or hard to watch. I think Cunnington absolutely mould us. No one was no one's going near him. Everyone was just bouncing off him. It was uh, 
Kun, nee, kun tak. Kun tak. Kun tak. Yeah, nice one. Uh, next, we had uh, Craig from A Yank on Footy. So, uh, A Yank on Footy is actually an American podcast who uh, we're working with in terms of we're trying to set up a collaborative uh, episode later this season. Uh, who, yeah, is American who, who loves the game and, and has a really successful podcast going over in the state. So, Craig's uh, chipped in with no matter the Guernsey. Benny Brown still manages to run by my house here in Ohio before every set shot. He says, I wave every time, but he's too focused on the goalposts. Only poking a bit of fun. It works very well for him. And as the old saying goes, if it ain't broke, don't fix, don't fix it. So thanks, Craig. Uh, yeah, he's, he's a bit hard not to laugh at his, at his run-up, and especially when you see him in Melbourne colours. But yeah, a little bit, little bit different there. <laughs> you, do, you have a chuckle, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, the next one comes from Luke, uh, Luke Gavin. Um, so... Ben Brand creates a real problem for opposition defense. Uh, being 200 centimeters, he demands a quality size defender, which allows Fritter a lot more freedom. He doesn't kick six without BB there. That's fair. I really value that because, yes, with those big, long, extended arms, um, obviously he's going to be able to you know, draw some attention. And, you know, if that ball falls to the ground to our ground level players, I mean, you probably saw there's a couple of snaps. I think Rich might have kicked a couple of snaps. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. A ground level ball off the ground. Um, you know, that's that's going to provide us with good service to our small blokes if, you know, as long as we're keeping up structures. So, yeah, good one, that one. Next, we have Clint uh, at Go the Ds 36 from Twitter saying, our best three players, Track, Gorn, and Oliver, were all poor yesterday. Uh, I think pause maybe a little bit of a strong word, but definitely weren't up to their normal standards, that's for sure. Um, sorry, I just added that bit in there. Uh, it says, was still good to get the job done with other guys contributing, but can't get away with that against the good sides. And pretty much, yeah, echoes what we kind of talked up straight at the front of the podcast about our, yeah, our role players and our younger brigade being able to lead the way. So, yeah, thanks there, Clint. Awesome. Now, next one comes in from uh, Christian Smith. Um, so, hopefully, lessons learned after this and the Hawthorne game. So, yeah, like, well, another one, another fans on board with us. You know, it's very similar to the Hawks game. Uh, never less um, than our best, uh, nothing less, sorry, than our best effort is acceptable. Um, we can't win against the good sides if we don't bring the heat for four quarters. And if we uh, don't bring it against the lesser sides, we are very beatable. Um, that said, the second half was pleasing um, that they could adapt and pull away. Agree as well. I, or to, to an extent, I think sometimes you're going to have off weeks. And I think bottom sides bring the heat a little bit extra. They try something different, which does unravel the better sides, but it's all about the adjustment too. So obviously we're becoming a, you know, a side that is renowned for you know our response based on this year. At least probably four or five of our wins have come from Similar ways. So, yeah. So, I mean, yes, against the best sides, better sides, it needs to be on. And I think we we really showcased that against Richmond. It was a four-quarter effort. And last of all, we've got Adzi37 from Instagram says, if Ben Brown is going to play, we're going to need to kick to him properly. Made a few good leads, but we didn't kick it out in front. We made him check and stop. Team act to go back in place of Tomo and would love to see Weed get a game in too. So, yeah, can definitely see what... As he was saying there, again, I think that cohesion is only going to build the more games that he plays. We were left with a bit of a conundrum before, I suppose, Fritch, his suspension lifted. We were left with a bit of a conundrum about selection and 
the question's always been about, you know, T-Max stay forward or back and what does our forward line look? And it kind of looked like that, you know what, maybe if that was the way it was going to happen, not that Fritch isn't ever going to be out long term, but that allowed T-Mac to float back because he obviously played, he played a ripper of a second half back there, uh, did some fantastic things and his kicking just looked outstanding there. I think it's easy to pinpoint when he's not, you know, not putting it through the big sticks, but his, some of his passing and his kicking, it was back to some of his best when he was, you know, a potential All-Australian defender uh, all those years ago. But it also would have allowed potentially Wiedemann to come in. But we found out just today, actually, that Goody's made the call and uh, Harrison Petty's coming in, which I think he's he's got some backing and support from the club. And I think I think Maisie's given him a bit of a rap as well, too, about, uh, yeah, that he's a bit of an up-and-coming gun and somebody that could easily sort of fill the shoes of, of Tomo, pretty pretty big and athletic, uh, and can maybe play that lockdown role, which unfortunately, why well, I say unfortunately, allowed, Goody said, no question about it, McDonald's starting forward, and that probably and most likely leaves Wiedemann out in the resis again for another week, which, yeah, some of us are scratching our head. Uh, some of us, yeah, I'd say it's a good problem to have, but who knows? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> We'll touch on them all. Touch on them all later. <laughs> That's all we're talking about now. All right. No, nah, fair call. We'll be, uh, we'll be here forever otherwise. All righty. Well, um, I think the next thing, you know, obviously looking ahead to uh, to this Saturday, um, big Saturday night at the G, home ground, home ground, home, home crowd. It's going to be, you know, I'm hoping we get, you know, 40 plus thousand there to really, you know, have a lot of red and blue in the in the crowd. And, um, you know, we'll come up against a pretty, you know, a young side, a young and youthful side, an exciting side. Uh, the Swannies, you know, big start, 4-0. Couple drop offs, a couple losses, but then you know to knock off Geelong um, in a tight one um, gives them a lot of confidence. And I think um, I suppose you know there's a few things we need to be worried about the Swannies. But um, from our perspective, um, you know things I'd like to see would be a four quarter effort. You know, as touched on from the fans saying that you know to beat the good side, you got to put in a four quarter effort. And but and also um, I think the biggest thing for us too is the slow starts. It'd be good to see a good, strong start to really set the tone and really take Sydney out of the game. You know, make their young players really feel small. You know, make them feel young, make them feel a little bit uneasy. So getting stuck into them early would be really, really good to see too. I think that half against North Melbourne is easily the worst half that we've played in a long time, uh, especially since probably not till you know, midway through last year. But we've all said that we can't afford to do that against... Uh, quality side and not to say North Melbourne weren't quality but as you said Sydney got off to the season in such a such a fantastic start at four and zip including uh, including dismantling Richmond what was that the fourth win or the third win that they did there so yeah. that was a bit of an eye-opener when you see them coming up against that and then as you said kind of fell back to earth a little bit with those couple of losses but to then go and knock off the other grand finalists kind of similar to us in in Geelong pip them at the post you can't take them lightly and Whilst they're youthful, we're youthful <laughs> and you're watching what we're doing. So 
four quarter effort definitely is uh, definitely is crucial and and that consistency across across the board and I'm sure Goody will be preaching that to the boys there for sure. So uh, yeah, looking forward to the game and yeah, good to good to get some prime time uh, TV spots and looks like we've got a couple of uh, fixtures announced as well too. So uh, you you going to the game? I am going to the game. Yeah, looking forward to it. We'll be uh, around the cheer squad area this week. Something a little bit different. Um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be nice to get amongst it. And hopefully, uh, well, usually usually at the D's home games, you know, those that section around the snap, around the goals is, you know, pumping when we're doing well. Yeah. Um, it feels like when I was a little bit younger, it felt like, you know, whenever we're anywhere near a sniff of getting a win, it felt like the grand final for us. But the good thing now is, um, you know, like we've we've said it the last couple of weeks, you know that belief that we have in our club now that you can you can honestly go the footy and think we're a sniff every week. Um, you know it's 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 exciting. Um, you know, yeah, you know what you're going to get when mm. uh, when you rock up. So no, definitely right there. So what do we need to do? Do you think? Um, well, is there I, anyone? Is there anyone? You know that we really need to be wary of. Like obviously they got a couple of big ins coming back. Yeah, big um, big Bud was back in. Um, you know, in the past, you know, I can't, can't really put a finger on really who's gone to Buddy closely, but I know T Mac's done a job in previous weeks. Which, me personally, I'd love to see T Mac go on him. Um, I think Tomlinson would have been perfect for the role, obviously. Um, but you know, obviously, we can't go down that path. But... Yeah, I wish we didn't get rid of Oscar McDonald. I'm pretty sure he's been lined up on him a few times, don't you reckon? <laughs> bring him back. <laughs> oh, Surely. Oh. Giving him a couple of baths here and there for sure. Yeah, from a 10-day contract. Carl <laughs> um, now, buddy loves playing Carlton. So, geez, if he got, yeah, bring me in when, when uh, Sydney played Carlton and, gee, buddy would be licking his lips. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one because, you know, would you really see Stephen May or Lever? Or do you reckon it could be a joint? So maybe um, you know Maisie takes him deeper, then Lever goes up with him over the ground, or potentially, oh, potentially. I think you know, like he's one of those high forwards that that loves to sort of come up the ground a lot to have an impact and and can yeah. be quite damaging when he is at that sort of high half forward mark. And you can't see Stephen May being sucked up the ground that that too far unless unless Lever's right back. So yeah, I think I think you're right in terms of that it's probably doesn't just fall on one player. Uh, we're very much a team defense and that's been successful uh, this season so far. So I'm sure that they'll just stick to their structures and, you know, he'll probably have multiple matchups during the day as well too. So, but I think we can't take him lightly. And yeah, there's certainly a team on the rise that regardless of where we're playing, uh, we have to make sure that we, yeah, bring our best game and, and make sure that we're all ready for the occasion. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, well, you know they've got like just like us, they've got these all these underrated players that you know bob up here and there. Um, so you know they take the load off. Um, you know your Kennedys, your your Parker, you can even add Heaney in there. I mean Heaney doesn't even go really near the midfield anymore. He's almost like a genuine half forward. Yeah, uh, you know he's he's one that can sneak up on you as well. He's a yeah, um, he's a game breaker. That's for sure. And obviously, you know uh, Tom Papley, who I believe is probably top three, definitely top three best small forwards in the comp. After Cozzy Pickett. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and still Rioli if you're still in. Yeah. Um, but anyway, nah, yeah, I think yeah, Papley's one definitely to be mindful. And I know we touched on it just before you and I, but um, 
you know, do we do we send send the lockdown to Tommy Patley and give give the role to someone you know it's got a bit of leg speed like a like a Trent Rivers or you know, you know Pig likes you know that lockdown runoff you know it was a joint effort again like do mm. you know do we just I can probably what will happen and what will happen against most sides if we're playing our team defence we're not really that really strong. You know, lockdown. I suppose the only really time we've really noticed the lockdown would be, you know, Tomo on a known forward or, or um, Piggy on Dusty. Piggy on Dusty. Like yeah. they're the only two that really shine out for me. Yeah, um, that's it. But I think, you know, Sydney have got all these weapons and everything, but I think the team effort, the uh, team defense would be the best way to go about things here. Speaking of teams, what any changes that we can predict? Obviously, Fritz comes back in. You know, barring that his suspension uh, was lifted, so we know Tomo's out. We know Petty's coming back in. Is there any other changes to the side? Do you see like is Baker and Jonesy sticking around? Obviously, Jonesy was dropped uh, and was the sub. It was obviously activated. But do you see? Yeah, do you see either of those two coming out? Is is Harms a potential if he's fit? I don't know. What do you think? Well, I think the last game he played, he was pretty solid in the VFL, um, Jimmy Harms. Um, but I think it was against pretty light. Yeah, it was against North, so it was pretty light. I think North Melbourne's VFL side is pretty light on. I mean, I don't know how yeah. much you read about it, but I, f- I feel like Jimmy Jimmy Harms definitely was in best 22 at the start of the year, but now looking at what we've done this year, you know, where do you, where do you find a spot for him? Um, you know, does he play? I mean, I, I reckon he's... I reckon he was rubbish down back, to be honest. Wasn't yeah. his position. Wasn't, wasn't, his, wasn't his position, no way. 2018, I reckon he was unreal through the midfield where he played lockdown roles. Yeah. Um, and I know Josh Kennedy's having a really, really good year. You know, do we do we buy in and let him play Jack Viney's role through the midfield and maybe roll him through half forward and does a, does a player like... Maybe Jones does go out, then does Malcolm go to the medical sub and, you know, does Harmsy come in? Potentially? Yeah, potentially. Um, I mean, Malcolm, I mean, has he hasn't done a whole heap in these games this year. He hasn't been his damaging self. He's, I don't know if he's really lacking confidence, but I don't know if it's hard to sort of notice his role at the moment in the team. Like he's sort of just getting by. He's not wowing yeah. us. He's not doing... You know, 2018, his final against Hawthorne, that was bloody unreal. Yeah, um, he's still, I think he's still having an impact. Obviously, his impact's not the same as what it was, uh, you know, a few years back. But I think maybe similar to Jones, kind of playing a role and, and sort of executing it. But you probably won't notice it that much. Uh, like even on the weekend, I sort of thought he had some, you know, really good moments. Uh, but he could potentially be one of those players if we have a fitter player who could be have a you know, more damaging effect that he's coming in. I oh, know I'm, I'm sort of penciling in potentially Harms and Sparrow to come in to sort of replace some of that grit and toughness that Viney sort of left, given that he's going to be out a couple of weeks. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see any combination of, yeah, Baker, Jones, Melksham potentially going out. So um, yeah. we know the forward line's going to stay as is, um, as as Goodies said it, and Petty's coming in to fill Tomo's spot. So, yeah. Let's uh, let's see how we go, and hopefully that's another another settled side that can hopefully sort of build a little bit of cohesion with each other and get the win. Yeah, eight no sounds much better. Than <laughs> that's it. Well, I don't know. People were saying, oh, it should be ten and zero after. No, it could be ten and after this, but one it's a little bit ambitious. One of yeah. the time. That's right. That's exactly right. So, now nah, let's see how we do it. 
Well, Simo, another week down, another episode down. That's uh, yeah, on to round eight. And thanks so much for joining us. It's been another good week talking about another win, although you know a little bit more adversity this week, and unfortunately a couple of injuries to talk about. But we've got a big game coming up on Saturday, and no, I really appreciate you joining us. And I like that you commented on you know last week talked about deciding on what merch to buy and. A friend of mine on the weekend introduced me to Depop, which I think you know, a bit of a secondhand kind of online thrift store sort of thing. So I've now rocking, um, I reckon, circa 1996 Melbourne Polo. Nice, thick, uh, almost like your rugby kind of style, uh, red and blue stripes with the old Flamehead logo on it. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts? Pretty good? Uh, I, I rate the logo. <laughs> I would love to see that logo come back. Yeah, I really rated that one. I think I've I've got a hat, um, which funnily enough I I still wear to this day. This is my beanie. Oh yes, beanie's got it still as well I, too. I got the same one. Um, I got this. Yeah, I got this. Um, this hat, which actually funnily enough was signed by Russell Robertson oh. back in two thousand and two. Nice. It's funny because it actually says my name with my class from grade two on it. <laughs> and I don't know how it fit my head back then, but it still fits now. So I don't know. That's awesome. This right. beanie barely fits my head, but I reckon I got that when I was, yeah, oh, probably a bit older than grade two, but still, it's a bit of a squeeze. So, but no, nah, anyway, uh, looking forward to the game. And obviously, you're going, what do you, what do you think the margin is going to be? Where, where are we sitting? Um, well, look, I mean, history says like the way we're going this year, um, pretty tight for a while in this game. I think, you know, if it is it going to be a real nail biter? Is it going to really test test so. supporters? Which I think it might. I reckon it will. Um, you know, I reckon, I'm going to tip. You know, I'll, I'll give you a margin of 13 points for our way. I reckon Big Ben Brown will kick four. Four. Yeah, it's. That's reasonable. He kicks sort of two off the back of not much. So, um, yeah, four is definitely achievable. But, yeah, 13 points. I could agree okay. with you there. <laughs> Can I give you a, a Simo same-game multi for the viewers too? <laughs> go for it. All right, let's go. Ben Brown, most goals. Christian Petrarca off his big signing, most disposals. Oof. And D's 1-39. to What do you reckon? What, what sort of odds do you reckon we're looking at? I reckon you'd be looking at around four... I'd say 60 to 1. Yeah. yeah like a five, $300 straight in the account, and you can thank me later. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, heard it here first. So you can, oh, might have to make that a weekly rain. <laughs> Simo's multi. Yeah, Fantastic. Fine. All right, mate. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to all our fans that have been interacting and listening and giving the feedback. Uh, don't f- forget to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, or Google. And feel free to leave a review or feedback on Twitter at a double T N two detail. Remember the D has double E in it. So D double E T A I L on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, or email. Give us an email at attention to detail pod at gmail.com. But thanks so much for listening. Simo, thanks again. And go D's. Oh, you forgot something, mate. You forgot to uh, say your margins. You forgot. What do you mean? <laughs> what do I have to do? I'll spill again. <laughs> I don't know about margins. Oh. Far out. I don't know. It's, as you said, too close to call. Um, I just no. wanted to stop you from all that rambling on you, Steve. No, <laughs> I said doe geese instead of go D's. So, here you go. <laughs> but that's all right. I'm going to leave it all in because I'm sure they'll all enjoy it. <laughs> Let's go D's by 13. Well,
Oh, oh, double, double <laughs> trouble. Yeah, uh, that's it. All right, mate. Have a good one. Go, Dees. Thanks, everyone. Bye,